Thank you very much. L'chaim to you. Rabbi Gurkov, l'chaim to all of the fellow chassidim and to all of us who are participating in this mega event. And l'chaim yeshukayach to the organizers, my dear friend Shleiman Apostik and his entire team and everyone at Merkis 302 and all the extended people who made this happen. And thank you very much for that introduction. I just have to qualify one thing, if I may. I, she thought that I was Rabbi Schneerson because it says the Rebbe's name prominently on the cover of the book, The Wisdom of the Rebbe, Rabbi Schneerson. Um, it took a little while for me to re remind her that I was not Rabbi Schneerson. I was someone that worked for him. I just wanted to make sure that's clear. But there was no question that this was in Lexington, Kentucky, of all places, a place where you wouldn't think that Mashiach lives and lives, and yet simple folk working in a bookstore, not Jewish, for them it was a given that, uh, that the Rebbe could be back and that it's a given that the truth of the Rebbe's teachings and his ideas, which really is the truth of Teres Emes and Chassidus and Teres Achsidus, resonates and is a living reality in people's lives. So yes, indeed, I've seen this and there's no question the Rebbe's words, though it doesn't need any confirmation, but I've seen it, personal witness, seeing time and again how these ideas that are not just ideas, but people live with it in a personal way, a taste of what will be when Mashiach comes, when people live with the teachings and the ideas and the directives and the guidelines of Teda. Now, I want to begin with a, a few feelings, if I may. I know that uh, throughout the last almost close to 24 hours since after Shabbos. This has been a Fabrengen, a global Fabrengen with, with literally hundreds of speakers, Fabrengers from all over the world in different languages, different time zones. And uh, though I heard a few, but I can't say I heard most of them, I'm sure what was said was tremendous. But the first initial feeling I think is important to acknowledge. And I have no doubt that the Rebbe is listening to all of us. And of course the Eberster is listening is just to see children of the Rebbe, Chassidim of the Rebbe, soldiers of the Rebbe, in their own way, in their own humble way. You know, we're Anoshim Kerkenu, none of us consider ourselves great uh, people, even though everybody has, I'm sure, a healthy ego. But relatively speaking, in the scheme of things, that's why we were so shocked when the Rebbe said, do everything you can. Because who are we? Miani, Umani, the Rebbe's not doing it, how are we going to do it? But the fact is, the mere fact that 31 years, 31 years, it's a generation, since that powerful day, Chofches Nisan, Tov Shinun Aleph, 31 years, 35 years, since the Sikha of, of Purim Tov Shemem Zayin, where the Rebbe essentially said the same idea, again, words we heard throughout this Fabrengen, and that we're here, gathering together with enthusiasm, with energy, with passion, each in their own way, that alone should tear open the heavens. When you see the Rebbe would so often quote the word of the Altar Rebbe and the Friedrich Rebbe and all the Rabbein, that the greatest nachas for a father is when he sees his children united together. And of course, the opposite is also true, the greatest aggravation. And what that, what Nafabrein can do, Malach Machol cannot accomplish. So that alone is in a sense, isn't that a fulfillment, a bit at least, of what the Rebbe asked of us, that maybe there'll be 10 of you 
that will come together and cry, so as much as MS that we're capable of. The fact is, we haven't forgotten. Not only haven't we forgotten, we're doing this fabring and we're doing tutalts, lefiyerech. We know bechol ma'idecha is lefiyerech, but ma'idecha, as much as you can do. Can we do more? Absolutely. Which brings me to my second hergish uh, and feeling that I like to share. And that is, they say insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So while we have to acknowledge the beauty of this ahdus and unity, the fact that people are crying out from different parts of the world, we are trying our best, Rebbe, to do what we can to bring Mashiach and Gula, chsidim, shluchim, shluches all over the world, men, women, children, are doing their part. Again, much more can be done. That alone is a very powerful thing. But at the same time, the Rebbe also taught us that we can't look back at what we've done. We have to look ahead. If the Gula Bapayal is not here in the fullest sense of the word, that means something has not been done. And that's exactly the Rebbe's word, So I think while we acknowledge this tremendous effort and everything that has been done the last 31 years and more, actually all the way back from the Rebbe's the beginning of the Rebbe's Nesias. So we're talking now 82 years, 72 years, I should say, from Tov Shin Yud till where we are now. But there's the other side of it, and that is action. At the end of the day, we must do something that has not been done till now. And it has to be Derech Yishara. The Rebbe told us the way. We're not looking for radical, novel, new ways. There's a tailor, there's mitzvahs. It's in that, those parameters. But the way it should be done has to be radical. It is the teyu and kelim the tikkun, using the Rebbe's words from Chofches Nisim. And I believe that's the second part of what the Rebbe said. Yeshlemer, the two parts where one, he said that the hirotzen, two yehirotzens in the sikha. One is that there'll be 10 of you that will cry with a true emes, sincerely, from the depths of your heart, ad mosai. And the second, the last words, what were the last words that Rebbe said in that sikha? After he said that I will give, make you all a shliach for tzedakah, he said, that among you we found one, two, three, that was that will strategize how to do and what to do, and the ikir, that it should be come down in action, so clearly there was also a call to action. Not just to cry out. When I say just, I don't mean that to minimize it. But in addition to that. And it's interesting that the Rebbe would use the expression, where else do you find that the Rebbe limited these activities? Any mifzah, mifzah film, mifzah kashos, mifzah, any mifzah, the Rebbe said 10, 1, 2, or 3. And here the Rebbe used that number. So we can fabring about that. But I want to submit the following. And this is what I think is the punchline of it all. The punchline of it all is that the Rebbe was looking for true change that has to come initiated in some way generated by us. And he was hoping that there'd be at least one, two, or three. If there'd be more, great. He was hoping that people would sit down and actually strategize. So I would suggest, humble suggestion to us all, and especially to the VAD that organized this, to gather all the suggestions that were made throughout this, that will be made and were made and will be made through this 24-hour period, the practical suggestions, just to sum it up, one, two, three, what category it belongs in. Because this, in a way, is that's what we're doing. But it won't go anywhere if it just remains talk and it just remains on a recording. 
to actually gather together, and it could be it's hundreds of ideas, maybe it's tens of ideas, I'm not sure, but to put it down and then, then can be discussed and strategized and see some things are probably easier to do, some things are harder to do, some things are bigger, more global, and some things are more local. This is very clear. So I, instead of pulling and explaining, which I'll try to do a little in this discussion, but I really think it needs to come down to action because that was the whole call, call to action, they say, a call to action. But everyone has the big question. So what can we do and what should we do? And it's clearly something that has to come from us. Something that the Rebbe did everything he could do, what a Rebbe does, providing us with chassidus, providing us with the tools, with the instruments, providing us with the inspiration and guidelines and direction, because without that, we wouldn't even be here talking about it. Let's be honest. Who would be talking about Mashiach if we're not for that? But then there's that effort on our end. And from the Purim Tov Shemem Zayin Sicha, it's very clear that there was a shift. Very clear. The Rebbe says that after Yigiyah, after the Rebbe's Yigiyah effort, the Rebbe came, the only answer he was able to find why the Geula didn't come in these decades since the Friedrich Rebbe announced it, the same question we're asking now. The Rebbe said the only answer is that, went over, that it went over from Hanosi to Akoyal. So there was a shift. Something that we we're not expected to do beforehand, because if we were, we would have been told. And now it's expected. And that's why the Rebbe stood to me that each one of us has to be involved in this process. So much has been said about this, and I'm sure much more will be said. But what can be said after 31 years that has not been? And again, within the parameters. So the big question a lot of people ask is, what does it mean when the Rebbe said the Berurim are finished? All we have to do is open our eyes. Many people say, where are we finished? There's a war going on in Ukraine. There's murder, Rahman al-Itzlan. There's injustice. There are, there's, there, there's divisiveness. There's, uh, there are enemies. I mean, all kinds of things, terrorist attacks. In our own hearts and souls, there's a Yetzirah. Many people will say quite active. Where do you see a shift and a difference? An obvious question, a basic question. And if I don't see a difference, so how am I supposed to relate to what the Rebbe say? So I want to suggest to everyone that there's actually a letter from the Rebbe, and being someone who's worked in the Sikhs, as was mentioned, everything the Rebbe said in Tafshinun and Nun Aleph and Nun Beis, though there are definitely new things that were not said before, especially that the Berurim were finished, but the concepts are not new. Mashiach is not a new concept that was born in Tafshinun and Nun Aleph. It goes back to the beginning of time. The Gemara in Sanhedrin says, The whole world was created for Mashiach. It's one of the, ten, the Yud Gimel Ikrim. We mentioned it six, seven times in the Shemayin Nesra. So I mean to say it's a fundamental principle. So everything that Rebbe said, you'll find in earlier talks. There's a, actually, there was a Kavitz Shubhasu Biyurim. It was really Kavitz Labavitch that the Rebbe published in the, in the Shins. And there there was a modern, a section called which later became a separate booklet, and today is printed in Igris Kedish in volumes one and two of the Rebbe's letters. So one of the letters, which is in the summer of Tafshin Hay. So it's right close to the time when the Friedrich Rebbe began the Shturim, the storm about La'alta So there's a long letter that the Rebbe answers to someone who asked to explain the details about about the resurrection of the future. But the Rebbe goes in his classic inimitable way with a long introduction to first explain 
the basis of Mashiach itself. This, in my opinion, is a must read. First of all, it's clear that ultimate clarity is fascinating. But I just want to refer to a few lines. The Rebbe says they are clear terms. And I'm, I'm just reading straight. This is printed now in Igris Kedesh. I'm looking at volume two, page Samaches, 68. So the Rebbe says, Klolos habria be'ikra heleches umizbareres umishtalemes. That the general creation is in a process of evolution toward becoming a more refined and better world with some dips and ups and downs. But overall, the accumulative effect is a more refined world because every time you do a good deed, every time someone does a mitzvah, a mitzvah never disappears. Yichud Zelamayla is forever. So it releases an energy that changes the world. And therefore, ultimately, we're going to come to a point where the world will become refined. And it's not the same world that existed 100 years ago, 200 years ago, and definitely not 1,000 or 2,000, 3,000 years ago. One of the things that traps in human psychology is that we think that we live in the here and now. We think everything has always been the way it is right now. And it's hard to imagine. We read in history books that there were the tragedies that happened in the last generation, the wars, and so on. But according to Pesach Amuna, and here the Rebbe documents it clearly, the world has changed, and not automatically, due to the millions, if not billions, of mitzvahs and mesidus nefesh, that has happened through the generations. We must know that. Without that understanding, you can say, what, what's different today than it was 100 years ago, 200 years ago? Yes, it's an easier life. There's certain comforts. There's a democracy. No, these are not anomalies. It's actually real change. And second point, that it was always meant to be this way. The natural state of the world is not a world of war and not a world of evil. What did the world look like in Ghanaian before Odom and Chava came? So we all know Basilegani, the first moment of the Rebbe Tovshin Yudalif. What does it say? Let's translate that in simple English. The world was a beautiful world. It was a garden. The famous Sikh of the Rebbe Yudshva Tovshalamet Beis, the world is fundamentally a garden. In contrast, even though he doesn't mention Freud and doesn't mention other secular thinkers, Darwin and others, in contrast to others, the Rebbe says, who say the world's a jungle, that a human being is fundamentally a selfish creature. The Torah says the world is a garden fundamentally. And a human being was created in the divine image. However, that was concealed through Chetetzadas, as we learn in Basilegani. One concealment, another concealment, another concealment. And Avram Avinu began to reverse the process. And what's the conclusion in that, Maimir the Rebbe's? That that's our job now. We're finishing the process, the seventh generation from the Alter Rebbe, like Moshe Rabbeinu, the seventh generation from Avram Avinu. Each of us must be able to translate this in simple English. To mention back to the story of Kentucky that, that you brought up and you introduced me. I have seen this in cities and countries across the world, places you wouldn't believe. I remember when the book, my book, Toward a Meaningful Life, was published. So I remember one of the editors, they were all almost Jewish, all living in New York. And to be su surprised, surprised, many of them never heard of the Rebbe even before. Maybe in passing but definitely not in any serious way. One of my editors, who Leider considered himself a convert to Presbyterianism, but he was a Jewish guy. He was the editor-in-chief. And he said to me, I read your chapter, the last chapter on redemption. I was very curious to hear 
the Jewish perspective because I was born Jewish. And he said, I was blown away by it. I couldn't even sleep because I realized that redemption, what we call Geula, is not something that is a novelty that will happen. In other words, the world has always been, in his words, controlled by original sin, by negativity. And then something's going to happen that's going to change that. He says, no, it's always been a beautiful world that was concealed to the point that the concealment itself concealed itself, hasted hasted ponai, famous tale of the Baal Shem Tev, that we don't even think, we think this is normal. The Rebbe wants in Yechidah, someone asked the Rebbe, why does he cry out and why is he so passionate and so desperate for Geula, Mashiach? And I think it was a doctor, I'm not sure. And the Rebbe said to him, when, 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 when you recognize that someone is ill and sick, do you just sit around apathetic and, pa and passive? Or do you yell out and scream? We have to do something. Someone came into the emergency room. Goal, as the Rebbe said, is called displacement. Psychological, emotional displacement means we're not in a natural place. It's an unhealthy reality. It's an unhealthy perspective on yourself and on life. You think the world is controlled by selfish people. The Shayim gave it in by, it's true. On the media level, it may be that way, but it's not the natural thing. And when you know that, you cry out. So this editor-in-chief said to me, that to understand that the world is actually a beautiful place and human beings have that beauty within them. It's just been concealed and it took years, thousands of years to eliminate the concealments, to eliminate the forces that we call evil that in some way polluted the universe. And now we're ready to embrace the deeper essential beauty and light within it. He was surprised by that. This is basically translation of Vasilagani and a, a translation of the Hasidic, Hasidic approach to what Geula Mashiach is. So when you look in this letter that I'm quoting from the Igris Kedish, from the Rebbe, which was printed in the Chubis Yibur and Lebavich, you have a picture the Rebbe describes, and this is what he says afterwards. The Rebbe says afterwards. And in general, there are three Kufis, three Zmanim. One Zman, Elam Hazeh, Yemesa Mashiach, V'tchis HaMesim. Elam Hazeh, he says, is Man HaMolchama, Bein Hayesh, is a war. There's a battle going on between selfishness and selflessness, between inner goodness, transcendence, and your own self-interest and your own self-contained good. And the more powerful one dominates. Sometimes good prevails and sometimes the opposite. The second period, and he goes on to say, once this battle has been finished, he doesn't say suddenly the whole world will change. He says, we'll be able to see a person, we'll be able to distinguish between what is right and wrong. Whereas it was all mixed together, which is called Birur, trying to clarify, trying to separate. And that point, he says that we can then look at it. The Rebbe doesn't use the words open your eyes, but essentially you see things for what they really are. People ask, won't well, we see today all kinds of negative things, but we see it. In that same Purim Tavshimem Zayin Sikha, you know, the Rebbe said in the next Sikha after that, he spoke about what about all those negative things happening? So the Rebbe said that's also part of the, the process toward Gula because at the end of the process, the negativity is not concealed, it starts arising. It's like this, the grime that the comes out of the pores as a person gets warmed up. So you start seeing even the final 
thro the throes of the negative forces in this world. So I'm not going to read the whole letter, but I definitely recommend, especially in the spirit of everything we're doing, is to read this letter. It gives you, in the Rebbe's own words, because this is something the Rebbe wrote by himself. This is not a sicha hanoche that the Rebbe edited. He wrote it himself, even though hanoche the Rebbe edited is Kedush Kedoshim. He wrote it himself, a complete description of what Gula Mashiach is. So when you talk about what we're supposed to be doing, it's very clear that it's all about perspective. It's all about how we look at ourselves and at the world around us. And as I said, I have seen this play itself out, not among Chassidim, not among people who accept whatever the Rebbe says as Emes Lamite, that they see in their own lives, they see Geula emerging. They see it emerging. There's a word that I heard, I remember when I was in Yeshiva in Marstan, so I asked him once, I said, why do we learn these deep in Yonim Chassidus? Even though we may understand some of it, but it's completely beyond us. We barely have to, we barely are able to reach in our battle with our Yetzir Hoda and Nefesh Abamis. Here we're learning about things in Yitzira and Beria Atzilas that the Alter Rebbe would tremble when he mentioned the word Atzilas. Let alone things, but Lifnei Atzimtzum. So he said he once had a similar question. He asked it to Rab Shmuel, Rab Shmuel Levitin, Ashpian 770, and Rab Shmuel said that he heard in the name of Rab Gershon Ber Pahadar, a famous chassid of the Tzamech Tzedek, that Gershon Ber Pahadar gave once an answer the following with a moshel. Briefly, the moshel is that there was a king who was traveling in the woods with his, with his entourage, and he heard from a distance a beautiful melody, so beautiful that he was completely mesmerized. He never heard it before. And he could not get it out of his head and heart. When he came back to the palace, he said, you have to find for me the musician that was playing that. I never heard such beautiful music. Well, to his chagrin, no matter what they did, they couldn't find that musician. They reached out to the entire empire, musicians from all over the world, playing songs and songs and songs to the king. And he kept saying, beautiful, but it's not it. It's not it. And that's what, but that was the, the end of that story. So Rabbi Gershon Ber told the Moshul, he said, when you learn Chassidus, it's the beautiful, most beautiful music that you ever heard. It's the most beautiful music reflecting the music of the Neshama in Lamaila, pure Ruchnis, Elokus. Then you come down to this world and you're made to forget. Every child is taught the entire Torah in its mother's womb. So in our super conscious, it remains there, as the Alter Rebbe says in the Kutta Teir Shlach. But our conscience, we're made to forget. The Malach makes us forget. But our neshama always remembers. And it's always looking for that music. So we learn chassidus because chassidus teaches us something about that music. And the rest of our lives, we're looking for that music. We look for it in our food. We look for it in our travel. We look for it in all kinds of pleasures of this world. Hopefully kosher pleasures. And when you, when you learn chassidus, you come to realize at least so even though you may not fully understand what means Eden Sof Lifnat Simpson, or Elakuz Begoli, Elakuz Bepshitis, and Elmiz Bishachis, but at least you know that the rest of the world, it's not that. I would like to suggest that the Rebbe came and did something even more. Not just to teach us what, that it's not, that everything that we enjoy in this world, as much as pleasurable as it may be, at least you know there's something more that actually gave us a taste of godliness. 
And that's what the Rebbe was both frustrated by and also demanding from us. And saying, that's what I did for 41 years. What did the Rebbe do? He gave us a taste of godliness, a fabrengen, not just the words, the negunim, and more than that, the passion, the total commitment. And what did the Rebbe do? He went a war against apathy. The Maimur of Atatetzava was mentioned before, and I'm sure others mentioned it. What is the Rebbe's clip? What is the clip of our time? The clip of our time is the apathy, the indifference, that we're comfortable. We sleep peacefully. I remember Time Magazine wrote an article about the Rebbe and Mashiach before Gimel Tammuz. A very positive article. And, and how the Rebbe brought the Mashiach consciousness into human beings. At the end, the, the writer writes, you can use this both positive and negative. He says, at the end of the day, Chabad, Lubavitchers have not changed their summer plans. So on one hand, you could say it's a positive. We're not standing by train stations recklessly just waiting for Mashiach. We're doing what we have to be done, what has to be done. But on the other hand, you could say there's also a certain we know about Mashiach, but still, we don't change our summer plans. The war against apathy. I don't really have a solution for that. I think that is our greatest challenge. And one more point I'd like to make and conclude with, and that is, until Mashiach becomes a tangible reality, for you and I, it's going to be impossible to communicate that to anyone else. So while we have to cry out, and that's why this gathering is so beautiful, this Fabrengen, we also have to do something to somewhat internalize it. I would make a strong suggestion to each one of us, including to myself, and something we can do with our children. Create a challenge. And the challenge is, describe what Geula will look like if Mashiach comes right now. What will your house look like? What will the street look like? What will work look like? What will tomorrow morning look like? I brought this a number of times. There's a powerful letter from the Rebbe, Toiv Sivan. First year of the Rebbe's Nesiyas. It's a letter to a person who owned the dry cleaners. The Rebbe says, everything we see and hear, the Baal Shem Tev says, is a lesson of Eidus Hashem. And what does the Rebbe say there? What's the lesson from a dry cleaners? You buy a garment, you wear it once, twice, three times. After a while, if you're a Balabatisha person, it gets wrinkled, it gets soiled, it gets stained. You can't wear it again. Comes the cleaners, the chiddush of the cleaner, the innovation. Yes, you immerse this garment, you bring it to the cleaners. They immerse it in water, in warm water, mix it with chemicals that get rid of the stains. Then you dry it, put it under a press, a heavy press. And there you have, you have a fresh garment and you can repeat this process many times. What's the lesson? The neshama is a pure soul, as we said. That's its natural state. Not a negative state, but then it gets soiled and it gets wrinkled and it gets stained by life. Deliberate mistakes we make, inadvertent ones, but it affects, it pollutes the soul. So you would think it's a one-way street. You can't do anything about it. Comes the cleaners and teaches us, no, immerse the neshama in ein mayim el teter. Teter is water. Not just water, cold water, but vadimkeit, warm water, passion, chmimus. And then mix it with chemicals. Every mitzvah is another chemical that gets rid of another stain, another toxin. And then put it under kavolus ale, oil, a heavy press and accountability to something greater than we are, to the Ebershter, kavolus amachos and the neshama re, re 
reclaims its innocence, it reclaims its tahedihi, and this can be repeated many times. A beautiful era, but here's the main thing. I read this letter approximately Tavshinun Aleph. Approximately this time of year when the Rebbe spoke about putting the Aleph of Elufish Shalelam into Gela, which makes it Gula. I was walking up Kingston Avenue and suddenly I noticed the dry cleaners. When do we notice a dry cleaner? Who even looks? You notice it when you need to bring your clothing there. But because of the letter, I looked at the dry cleaners and then I saw another one on Crown Street. One between Montgomery and Empire, one on Crown, one on between Union and President. Then there's one on Albany and one on Troy, whatever. This is just Crown Heights. I noticed it because I suddenly remembered the letter. And I never looked at a dry cleaners the same way again. The Rebbe gave us literally an approach of taking the Aleph. The dry cleaners is not just cleaning chlorine. It's a muscle, Be'elam Haza Agashmi, a physical muscle for what? For the soul's regeneration, for the soul's renewal. So then I came to realize that this is what the Rebbe gave us, a lens, the eyes of the Rebbe, how he sees a cleaners. So then you could apply the same thing to bakeries and to pizza shops, and you mentioned chocolate and to grocery stores and to everything, to astronomy, to physics. What in this world is not a moshal for elakah? So this is something practical that each one of us can do in our own sm small scale, a gili of alufish in your personal life. And we educate our children in this way. This becomes at least one step that, one, that each one of us can somewhat bring the taste of Gula Mashiach, which is the natural purpose and the natural state of existence, the perfected state, into our tangible reality. And today, thank God, we don't have the Gzedes Vishmodis, we don't have the decrees, we don't have the, a world that we have to fight for our very existence and for our very rights. We can fabreng like we do here. I made the Abish to help that we children of the Rebbe can cry out and say to the Rebbe, look, 31 years after your sikha, we're living with it, we're doing our best or we're trying our best, we will do even more and have already Rachmanis and bring the Gula Amitiz Vashlema after all the thousands of years of efforts and work and everything that we've done. As the Rebbe said himself, the Berurim are finished. We can finally be Megala, the Gula, the Aleph in Gula and reveal and bring the Gula to be taken from Yad Mamish even before the end of this mega fabreng. L'chaim, my friends. L'chaim chassidim, l'chaim brider.